Welcome to another episode of Against the Fed. I'm your host, Victor E. Cooper. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. The book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 67. That scripture is a testimony for everybody that functions, I don't mean babes, infants. Everybody that functions in society to some degree it's a testimony for everybody. Growing up as a teenager you had received instructions from your parents not to do such and such and such. Not to go down that street. Not to Make friends with those bad boys down there. Not to make friends with that fast-tailed girl down there. Now you're pregnant. Now you're in trouble with the law. Now you have STDs, STIs. Now you're in the hospital. Gunshots. As an adult, you, you got your new job and your supervisor instructs you to operate this machine safely. To put on your steel toe boots, but to wear your gargles, to wear your hard hat. But no, with you and your, your pride and arrogancy, arrogancy you, you say, oh, I've been doing this for years, I don't need all this stuff. Now you got to miss an eye. Missing toe, missing finger. Or maybe somebody's throwing dirt on top of your coffin. Before I was afflicted, I went astray from good teaching. The year is 1789 and the Constitution is ratified. And instructions are given about money, right? Congress shall coin money and regulate the value thereof. Did we maintain good instructions as a nation? Of course not. We're at $29.8 trillion in debt. Dr. David Bellinger is worried about what he calls the dumbing down of America. He studies the effect of chemicals on children's health and says that Americans have lost millions of IQ points due to exposure to neurotoxins. 
children's brains are being affected by their chemical exposures and increasingly at lower levels than we had previously thought. You might be thinking, what are neurotoxins and do I come in contact with them? Neurotoxins are chemicals that influence the brain either in terms of its structure or its function. The chemicals that we know the most about in terms of their impact on the brain would be lead, methylmercury, arsenic, polychlorinated biphenyls, and the list continues to increase. How does this work exactly? It can affect the way different cells in the brain communicate with one another. The brain ends up being wired not quite as it should be. How are you able to pinpoint that the loss of IQ points is due to these chemicals? It is a challenging methodological uh, issue. We look at uh, the, the findings of multiple studies and if they're all pointing in the same direction, then we start to have more confidence in, in the conclusion that the chemical is doing something bad to the brains of the children. If we know these chemicals are such a problem, then why do we still use them? These are not strictly scientific questions. Um, many of these chemicals have important economic forces that are advocating for their continued use. And these discussions are very contentious. Every time the Centers for Disease Control wanted to reduce the action level used to identify children with too much lead, they were sued. What? Lead and gasoline or the flame retardants. These episodes uh, reflect the same approach that has been used uh, for decades, we allow a product to be introduced into the marketplace and basically do an, a natural experiment on the population and on children. Oh. It's totally backwards. I mean, we should be screening products before they go into the marketplace for toxicity. And so uh, that we don't put ourselves in this position of decades later finding out that was a very bad decision. It really affects people's lives, especially children. Before I was afflicted, I was led astray. Now, the Bible doesn't say that, but that's what I'm saying. I was led astray. Now I'm injured. I was led astray. Why? Because I was following the tutelage of a false teacher. And we have plenty of false teachers here in America. Let's say I'd like to read something. Forgive me for being preachy. This is Second Peter, Second Epistle of Peter, chapter two, verse one says, "But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you." And what do false teachers generate? Poor, ignorant students. Students that don't know anything. They don't know the Constitution of America. And this is why we're in the trouble that we are in. Because of false teachers, false leadership. Before I was afflicted, I was led astray. Why? Because I'm under the tutelage of false teachers.
more to come. special. What's going on in America's schools? They're not learning anything. It's insane. Kids fail to make the grade because their schools fail them. My son is now 18 and he is not reading. Tonight, stop kidding yourself about your child's school. The people in the suburbs say our schools are great, but they're not. So what do schools really need? We just need a little more money. That is the biggest lie in America. Is the real problem bad teachers? You prove I'm a bad teacher. And if you can't prove it, don't try it. And we hate to compare, but why can't kids here keep up with students over there? If the kids in America couldn't do this, they're really students. The failures. The successes. Learning should be fun. We'll teach you a thing or two about being stupid in America. How we cheat our kids. Now, John Stossel. Good evening. Elizabeth Vargas is off tonight. Stupid in America. That's a nasty title. But some nasty things are going on in America's public schools, and it's about time we face up to them. <laughs> Stupid in America is a documentary you should check out on YouTube. It was dated around April the 17th, um, 2012. I had attended college during the 80s and my major was accounting. I had received a bachelor's of science degree in business administration majoring in accounting. And the course curricula required me to study business law if I want to become a CPA, certified public accountant. There were two courses, Business Law 1 and 2. I had received two passing grades, A out of one class and B out of a second course. But after graduating, I did not know anything about business law. The teachers that, well, I can't call them teachers, excuse me. The instructors, they knew they stopped, but they didn't know it well enough to teach it, they couldn't break it down. They couldn't break it down. They were false teachers. So how did they wind up instructing pupils? How did they wind up be, becoming instructors or teachers in, in, in a university setting? It's because America is corrupt. The land of opportunity. It's dysfunctional. There's so much dysfunction here in America. But I can't get that time back. 
that these two teachers or these two courses had wasted my time. They didn't teach me anything about business law. I had to learn for myself, which I did, because I wanted to become a CPA, Certified Public Accountant. But the, the course is so overwhelming that I gave up and had to choose another career path that I got into trucking. I'm glad I had the experience, though. I know business law. I know the elements of a contract, but not well enough to pass a CPA exam. But I had lost that passion to become a CPA. My passion lies elsewhere. My passion lies with doing what I do, telling the truth. Huh? America, the land of opportunity, is just that, a land of jackals. More to come. And there should be false teachers amongst, amongst you. educational system here in America, in my opinion, is clearly apartheid. Only a few people get the real goods, if you know what I mean. But I also feel that uh, 
even at the higher, even at those that have better access than second class, third class, fourth class citizens, even, even they have some type of struggle, and I'm just speculating. But for the most part, our educational system is designed to not so much empower the pupil, but to empower the corporate, the corporations. To give you enough education that you will function in their system. That's it. Now, he that wants real education is going to have to dig for himself, have to research, have to... You have to really love education. You have to really love learning to be proficient at it and to be the best at it. It has to be your passion. But for the most part, what I recognize coming out of these schools, and even, uh, even when the time I was going to school, we, we just got a bunch of C students. They were just seeing their way through school. Just saying their way with the with C grades and D grades and some F grades. A bunch of average students, uh, below average. We are dumb as a box of rocks. Before I became afflicted, I was led astray. Why? Because I, I, I was taught wrong. If I was taught at all. Huh? If you if you really want to learn, you got to go to the library. You you have to make a concerted effort to be a geek. Huh? Because these 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 schools are not going to teach you anything that will empower you to to enrich you. Just enough for you to be functionally literate, or should I say functionally illiterate. That's what it is. Before I was afflicted, I was led astray. Why? False tutelage. More to come. St. John, chapter 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth enters into your life, it will guide you into all truth. I know this for a fact. 
I want to know about the Bible. I want to know about my religious experience. I want to understand more about politics. And the spirit of truth led me to a greater understanding than what I had previously. Even against the Bible. Go figure. Huh? What a mighty God. Now that's the real God. The real God showing me biblical error. That's a tough pill for people to swallow. Huh? When the spirit of truth is come, it will guide you into all truth. Huh? So what is the truth of the matter about the Bible? It's been tainted. Huh? See, God does not operate the way we, many of us feel the way he should operate or she should operate. The spirit of truth operates from the inside out. It's within us. And then as you embrace truth, the vibration of truth is like a magnet. It begins to draw more truth to yourself. The things that you, you just meditate on, it begins to it just fall in your lap, so to speak. You wake up one morning that your questions are answered. Seemingly people from out of nowhere just give you what you need. Certain books just fell into my lap, seemingly, because I wanted to know the truth. The books about the Bible, about its Hindu influence, about its ancient Egyptian influence. And not just biblical truth, we're talking about scientific truth, medical truths. Huh? All types of truths, everything that I wanted to know that, that, that affected me. But more so, it was spiritual. It was, I, I just had this deep spiritual question that needed to be answered. Then I began to understand kundalini energy and the seven chakras and how that's hidden in the Bible. So when the spirit of truth comes into your life, it will lead you to all truth as long as you desire to know the truth. And I always desire to know the truth. Children into a room and give, give them a snicker bar and some damn fries?
because I was on the false tutelage. But real learning, real education is going to come by way of the spirit. By way of the spirit. Because you're not going to get it out of man's organized public indoctrinating centers called school. You're going to get something. But that's going to be functionally literate. That's all. They're not going to go into depth and show you the, the deeper sciences and, you know, we don't have access to that deep science. When I went to school, high school, in the late 70s, I went to vocational school and I had learned eight trades. But they were introductory courses. They didn't go in depth. It was enough time. I can't master eight trades in four years. I was introduced to a trade. Actually, it was two years because it was four trades a year, but just for two years. So I had to take a major. So during my junior year, I had to major in something. So I majored in accounting believe it or not, in high school. And then I had uh, went to college. To be, So I had a good background, at least in bookkeeping, because I learned bookkeeping in, in, uh, in high school and office work and all of that. I had a good foundation. But when I got into college, I had false teachers. Why? Well, money has a lot to do with it. Money. I went to Chicago State University, and they college uh, <coughs> curricula was not accredited, was not even recognized by, by the big boys, not, you know. But I couldn't afford to go to the Roosevelt and all these other different colleges. See, America is the land of opportunity. Well, then you may be asking, why would I say that? <laughs> and I'm not a CPA. Well, you have to understand semantics and sophistry. See, I understand semantics and sophistry by the way of the spirit of truth. The land of opportunity means what? What do you find in the land of opportunity? You find opportunists. And what is the opportunist? Well, let me show you, man. 
an opportunist is a person. <laughs> no kidding. A person who exploits, according to the dictionary, Oxford. What does exploit mean? Exploit means to use, to take advantage of. An opportunist is a person who exploits circumstances to gain immediate advantage rather than being guided by consistent principles or plans. In other words, an opportunist is a person who don't want to work. They want somebody else to do the work. So America's being called the land of opportunity means that it's a land of slavery. Duh. That's what's meant by the land of opportunity. So the big corporations, they go to other nations, Pakistan and Iran and, 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 and Ethiopia and African nations and, and, and Nigeria and tell, tell these schmucks, America's the land of opportunity. So they get displaced and they come to America to become enslaved in 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes another episode of Against the Fed. I'm your host, Victor E. Cooper. <laughs>